Ikuhara apparently also likes cosplay, and specifically he has cosplayed as several of the Sailor Moon characters at conventions. Why have you not already sent me images of this? Because I just found one. Oh my god. I love this so much. He also, uh, someone asked him about the stopwatch at a convention once, and he actually gave an answer. He said that it contains the key to all the mysteries in the world. Of course. What else would he fucking say? That was the entirety of his answer. Yeah, no, every time anyone asks Ikuhara anything, he's like, or he like changes his answer. Like he could have said something previously. Like if we went and we asked him what's up with the stopwatch, he would probably give us a different answer than he gave before. I love this guy. I've decided that he is probably my favorite. Imagine me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host. And I'm here with my co-host Josh. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing all right. Today we're talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena episode 17, The Thorns of Death, which I did not actually know the name of this episode until I just read it out loud. That is that is quite a title. I'm not saying that it sounds like the title of a album by a really, really terrible death metal band, but it 100% does. This would be the album name of a band that has the logo of the band's name is in that incomprehensible spiky font that like every metal band uses where their band name just looks like a bunch of pointy scribbles. You know what I'm talking about? Yes actually that is the type of band that would have the thorns of death as their album title it's funny that that we should talk about that because there is actually a um there's actually a progressive metal band a progressive death metal band called um lesbian listeners josh has just sent me a link to the band camp for this band sorry, progressive doom metal they're actually not that bad i have one of their albums interesting i've never heard of this before yeah it's it's pretty intense but yes we have the thorns of death which is a great title and well i watched this episode i don't remember how i don't know how much you remember of it did you rewatch it i did i watched it right before we recorded i really like this one i like this episode too and before we start i'd like to get my fun fact out of the way uh the dub actress for shiori who is in this episode is also the voice of one of my favorite lesser-known anime characters, Space Pirate Mito. Really? Yes. The Shiori's voice actress is the English dub voice for Space Pirate Mito, as in Mito herself, which is actually kind of funny that I bring that up, because today in the mail, I got my anime cell that I bought from Space Pirate Mito that was criminally inexpensive because nobody cares about Space Pirate Mito except me, apparently. But yeah, fun fact for today, Shiori is voiced by Mito. That actually makes my day. That's really great. 
Josh, did you watch much of Mito? Oh, yes. I remember showing it to you, but I couldn't remember how much you actually watched. I love that anime. It is so dumb, and I love it. It is absolutely incredible. So incredible that the day after I watched the very first episode, I bought it on DVD on the internet. I still have not watched the second, the, the sequel series to Space Pirate Mito, but I intend on it. Yes. But with that out of the way, time to start the episode. We open on Jury in the Rose Garden, looking at her locket that has Shiori's picture in it, and thinking about Shiori's thing about miracles that she always says. She says that Shiori is so cruel, the miracle never happened. Shiori, in Jury's mind, says this thing that she said, several times in the previous episode you must hate me for what i've done and jury says she does hate shiori but it's not for the reason that shiori thinks she's just so obviously in love shiori's dumb as fuck yeah kinda noble but ignorant i i don't know if i would call shiori noble no i was the other way oh jury yes i'm not sure talking about jury jury is fencing her hair is hanging out of her a fencing mask which is kind of dumb I think but it lets us know that that's her who's fencing and she manages to knock the Mickey's uh, what are those things called? The, the, the uh, foil. She knocks his foil onto the balcony and Anthony throws it back to them and Jury sees standing on the balcony Shiori standing there and she smiles at her and Jury just walks off. And Uta and Anthea are like, what? Because they don't know who this is. If you'll notice, Shiori's image when she's framed with the spinning roses in the way that lots of characters are, she has Jury's orange roses. Hmm. I, mean, I guess because they're kind of like connected. She is introducing herself to Anthea and Utena and telling them about how she is moving back to Otori. And Anthea and Utena say they're both glad to meet her. And they ask about how long she's known Jury. And she says it's been a while. They were childhood friends. They really grew up together. She already talks about how wonderful Jury always was. So strong. So imposing. <laughs> Jury was her only friend. She was the only person that she could ever depend on with her whole heart. But now she doesn't deserve any of that. That's right, Shiori. You don't. Nope. Yeah, no sympathy here. Do you notice they they held that frame like just a second too long? Yeah, a little bit. Shiori tells Anthe and Utena that she doesn't have a roommate, so come over anytime, guys. Oh, I almost feel sorry for her. And there we have it again. The now scary we're rose back people. To Mama Mia and Mikage and their rose. This rose is orange. I don't think that any of the other roses have been orange. Mikage kisses Mama Mia on the hand because he pricked his finger on the flower. Which is both weirdly sensual and sensually weird. Yeah, yeah, it is. They talk about how they need the flower's thorns to defeat Utena. They are, their faces are very close to one another. And yeah. And we cut to Jury standing in a doorway. Oh, Jury. She has her hand over her heart where her locket is. 
And interestingly enough, Mickey and Naname are having a conversation about Mickey's experience with the Black Rose seminar and talking about how his sister pulled a sword out of his chest. Something that they see happen all the time when it happens to Anthe, but is now weird when it happens to Mickey. Well, I guess it's because they did they probably didn't expect it to be able to anyone else to be able to do that but her. Well, also, they're not playing by their rules anymore. She did it. She Here it is. Naname asks Miki about Josh's favorite character, the stopwatch. And Miki's like, uh. Asked. He's totally sidestepped it. And there it is. And she, he gets all blushy about it. He gets blushy because she demands to know what the fuck's up with the stopwatch. And Jury's like, no, she, what he do gets you think, Jury? Of the and sword. Jury's like, not paying attention. This is the first time that we're going to see this, but like every time that they talk about, what was it like? Not make keeps asking the question about what it was like to have a sword pulled out of them. And like, does it hurt? They get really blushy about it. Oh, also because they're showing fencing. I was wrong. It's not a foil. It's an epic. See, for some reason, I thought that foil was the right word, though. They're both. They're two different kinds. They're not. They're not springy enough for foils. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about fencing. We're getting some flashbacks to the previous episode with Jury and Shiori, and Jury's been broken from her daydream from Shiori saying she wants to talk, and Jury just walks off. Yeah, just that a word. But she did wait. Yeah, they go up to a balcony so they can talk. And Shiori's talking about how she and what's-his-name broke up. And she says to Jury, you'll never forgive me for it, will you? I want to go back to the way it was. And she gets closer to Jury. And she's talking about how the school is full of memories from the happy times that they spent together three of them those two is it all you have to say to me i look like she's just so uncomfortable like we have this bird that just like randomly brains itself and there there there's a lot of like it's just really i don't know symbolic i guess jury tells shiori that she didn't have any feelings for homeboy anymore or that she never did really she never loved him at all and that's why she doesn't have any hard feelings for Shiori now for having stolen the guy from her. And Shiori's she like, knows well, then who's in your pendant? We know it's her. This is the episode where we start to wonder, like, what it is that, um, what's her name? Jory even saw in Shiori. Yeah. Oh, Utena is always trying to help. Utena, beacon of pure goodness, tries to convince Jury to make up with Shiori because it seems like the right thing to do. But Utena doesn't know anything about Shiori, so she doesn't know why Jury shouldn't make up with her. And Jury's like, it's none of your business anyway. I like that, that just for a moment, like, Jury is, like, I feel like the, the way that she leaves when she's mad is really obviously her trying to cover up the fact that, like, she does kind of appreciate it. Yeah, she said to Utena that she was like Shiori in a way, innocently cruel was the phrase that she used. And, yeah, I feel like I get that. Like, 
how Utena, by telling Juri that she needed to make up with Shiori, was cruel, sort of, for trying to say that, even though she didn't really realize how she was being cruel. Always love the music in Utena. Such good music. We sort of glossed over it earlier, but Utena had a moment where she was talking with Akio about her feelings for a minute, and I disregarded that because I didn't care about it, and it didn't have anything to contribute to the episode. Not throwing away your picture was my weakness, she says. Jury throws the locket into some water and says not throwing away your picture was my weakness, referring to Shiori, obviously. I just feel so bad for Jury. And she's got those. She's got the special gold roses. Shiori finds Jury's locket in her room, and I thought that she threw it away earlier, but maybe she was throwing a rock or something. No, she threw it away earlier. Oh well, then why was it in the room? Because magical shenanigans. Oh yeah, I guess so. Shiori enters the elevator of doom and talks about how she's hated jury since she was a kid because jury was always so much better than her and she was jealous this is her dark confession her confession is that more than loving whatever his name was she just wanted to take away something precious from jury jury always treated her kindly but shiori always took it as her feeling sorry for her and i don't think that that's true but Shiori seems to think that Jury's kindness was making a fool out of her because she... It's a constant was... reminder of her inferiority. Yeah. Um, she wanted to change... Not sure how much I really feel bad for her. She wanted to change the dynamic of she and Jury's relationship by dating other dude, but it just made her feel even worse. Now she and Jury are equal. No, Shiori's beaten her. She's beaten her in the end because she found out that the locket contained a picture of her and not other dude. She says knowing her friend's secret makes her so happy she can't stand it. I can just see her alone and miserable looking at my picture. Oh, jury, you pitiful thing. Uh, Yeah, it is really hard to feel bad for Shiori. It's like she's got issues. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Because she's obviously not, she's both, like, I can't tell, like, if, what she even wants, really. Mikage tells her her only choice is to revolutionize the world. Yeah, she needs a new one where she doesn't have issues. <laughs> and then we don't see it. And there's Jury standing in the sunlight. Because that's what Jury does, I guess. Jury likes to stand and look off into the distance contemplatively. Shiori approaches Jury and shows her that she has her locket, and Jury's like, what the fuck? Give it back. Wait a minute. Then you saw I have a picture of you inside it. And Shiori's like, if you'd asked, I would have given you a better picture. And Jury has this sad moment. And fucking Shiori's like, I love the look in your eyes when I hurt you. And it's like, fuck you, bitch. What the fuck? She's like, I always thought you were stronger than anyone, Jury, but you're not. And then we see that Shiori is wearing the black rose ring because of course she is and she proceeds to pull a sword out of Juri's boobs and hold it menacingly over her body Utena walking down the hallway opening her locker and receiving the invitation to duel and we get our Eiko Biko sketch which happens behind her 
extra, extra. I'm doomed. My secret is known to everyone. There's nothing to worry about. I'm going to die. There's no one who would ever call it embarrassing. You think so? You're not the only person in the world who wears woolen underwear. But most people don't wear three pairs at once. Oh, you see, I'm doomed. Me, known as a fashionable dresser, wearing woolen underwear. <laughs> three pairs at once, no less. Oh, no one will ever marry me now. Whatever shall I do? Take them off. Can we just talk about, like, how that whole scene with Juri and Shiori is painful? Incredibly so. It's like, it is so painful because Shiori just looks so, like, she's all, like, vulnerable and all this, and then she just gets betrayed. Yeah, it's really weird every time we see Juri being vulnerable because Juri is normally, like, of the student council, she is de demonstrably the most stoic, the most, like put together but she just has this weakness in her heart for this terrible human being and it manages to disarm her in ways that frankly just is it's just it's sad and it's weird it is just baffling and it just hurts to see somebody that is normally so strong and so like you know she's very much the strong and silent type and to see her just totally broken by this other person who has no business being the person that breaks her because Shiori is terrible and awful and mean and toxic in so many ways. And it just hurts my heart because I love Jury and I hate the idea that someone is able to do that to her. But I mean, even the strongest people in the world can be broken down by somebody with yeah. bad intentions. It's just that moment where she like, where like she wore like cups her face. It's just like, oh, it just like stabs you. It's just like, let's stab the knife in and then we'll twist it some and then we'll twist it some and then we'll pull a sword out of her chest. And we have the absolute destiny apocalypse. Absolute destiny apocalypse. Utena is in the dueling arena. She has gotten her embellishments from the sequence with Anthe. And the castle spins above, always and forever. And we have the, the random desks. We have the desks again, and the desks feature the bird from earlier that flew into Shiori's window. Honestly, Shiori looks better as a, a duelist than most of them. Like she looks more evil, just naturally. Shiori pulls off that duelist look very well. The one who controls Jury is me. Oh my heart! Why is she like this? I don't remember how much we get of Shiori later. I don't know if we ever know why she's like this, other than I guess being jealous and having that jealousy ferment inside of her and turn into toxicity. Just resentful. The music's pretty poignant here. Idea of a relationship as I uh, diametrically opposed. And here it is. This this pose right here. You see this? Mm -hmm. That pose is in every. I think every single duel except maybe one of this arc where they get stuck and they're like face to face. I believe that, yeah, Utena mentions that Shiori's fighting style is just like Juri's as if she has absorbed it somehow. And Shiori's like, there's no way you're going to win. But then Dios Ex Machina and 
Utena cuts the rose <laughs> off of her chest. Dios Ex Machina will never not be funny to me, just so you guys know. It is kind of funny. Pretty great. And Shiori, Shiori loses and no one no one is sad. Shiori looks like she is like in pain from what has just occurred. I mean, I'm not saying that it's kind of my headcanon here that is literally like there's a second personality that Utena is literally killing, but kind of. Maybe. Because they all scream like they're in absolute death agony. Mikage says something mysterious about Venom or something, and then before we have time to process it, we're back looking at Juri, who was laying on the ground just like she was before when Shiori took the sword out of her, but with the locket laying next to her. And then we cut to the next morning where Shiori is walking with a bunch of classmates and bragging about the fact that she broke up with her boyfriend. Utena says that Shiori seems like a different person, but Anthe says she hasn't changed at all. Not a bit. But she says it with a little smirk, and I'm not sure how to take it. Me either. I was just thinking, I don't know how to take that. Shiori runs into Jury, and they say hello to each other, and then they just walk past, past each other. Is that good, or is it bad? I don't know. I don't know. Jury is sad. And once again, you've come back to me. Even after I was able to let you go once, why can't I be stronger? Oh, man. Oh, that bit really gets me. Like, it can be really difficult to excise toxic people from your life, especially if there's someone you love against all reasons why you should love them in the first place. And I can understand on an emotional level why it is that Juri has such a difficult time removing Shiori from her life, even though she thought she had gotten rid of her before. I just don't understand why she ever liked her. I mean, I don't know. I've had friends that I made when I was younger that, like, I grew up with and knew for a very long time and then who ended up becoming very different people or at least I came to realize that they were very different people than I thought they were and sometimes when you know somebody for a really long time and you care very deeply for somebody for a very long time it can be really difficult to let that go even if you know that you should or at least for me anyway I feel like I can relate to jury's difficulty in letting Shiori go yeah and to be fair I kind of get into this episode i'm glad we had the delightful filler of cow naname oh, before God, we get there's got to be a pun there somewhere cow may i don't know i, I like nah. it would require me thinking about it nah, by the way Nune. um by the way this is a repetition of the last one because episode 16 is is cowbell naname and episode 6 was take care miss naname 7 was unfulfilled jury and 17 this one is thorns of death what are you serious yeah i'm dead serious you are blowing my mind right now i what i had no idea i did not notice this at all i would have never noticed this that's so cool. Yeah, it, it's it's we always get like a little bit of um a break right before jury is terribly sad forever. Oh my god. Hold on, I got to see what episode 27 is. Anatomy's egg. Oh, that's the egg episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, don't look at anything else about that episode, please. 
Please, please, if you love me, Josh, do not look at anything else about that episode. I don't want you to know anything else before we watch Okay, okay, I won't, but only because you're asking me. Because I feel like you won't get the full effect of watching that episode if you know what's going to happen before you watch it. And it would just be so sad for me for, for you to know before you go in. Oh, dear. That's a good episode. I can't wait till we get there. I'm concerned. Anyway, yeah, this was a sad episode full of sad sadness and sad jury and Shiori being terrible. I don't know. I'm not sure what else to say about this except that if you have toxic people in your life and they bring you more harm than they do happiness and they make you more upset than they do cause you joy, then cut those fuckers out. 2017, (laughs) cut out toxic people from your life. I did it just a couple of weeks ago. You can too. If one of the things that Utsun is about, and it's it's probably one of my favorite things that um, fiction can address, is that human relationships are complicated and often messy. complicated. And one of the things that makes the show great is the reason why we we ended up doing this podcast in the first place is because it does a really good job of zooming in on and focusing on those relationships and what makes them so messy and so complicated. We can see as a third party, like, how on earth is she so hung up on this terrible human? But we always, people always say that, don't we? And, you know, it's it's from the ground eye, from the ground view, it is always different. And it's easy to see from outside, but it's, it's, it's harder to, and, but yeah, from jury's view, like things are different. And it's interesting to, to be reminded of, of that dichotomy through fiction that you see in life as well. It can be much more difficult to see the reality of a situation when you are mired in it than if you're Mm -hmm. looking at it from the outside. I can definitely agree on that point. This episode is sad. This episode was a bummer. Yeah, kinda. More than kinda. Super, super bummer. Yeah, yeah. Do we have any other thoughts? Um, yes. We are about to get to what is probably the most cringy episode in Utena. Oh, yeah. I, I did see in the Up Next column on YouTube that it was the Mitsuru episode. You said there's a lot of uh, innuendo in that one, correct? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. It is going to be an adventure, and I'm making you come along with me. Well, I made you come along with me for the entirety of this adventure, so I guess it's only fair. It, it, you won't be saying that when we're done. At least it's only one episode, and it doesn't have some of the worst stuff that happens in the show. Uh, oh, one more thing that I think was interesting that didn't happen in any of the previous duels. The thing about, or I guess saying it didn't happen in any of the previous duels would be uh, maybe a, a misspeaking on my part. But Shiori taking up Jury's dueling style was interesting to me. That actually is what all the other Black Rose duelists have done. They, they just haven't, yeah, they haven't been super like, yeah, they've mentioned it before. But I was but, thinking about how, like, I do think I remember Kozue. Kozue like, does, but you probably were thinking because they're twins. But uh, yeah, it makes more sense for them because they're twins. But what about the first one with uh, with Kane? 
Kana, we don't know because she hasn't fought. Because like Kana, Kana, the reason, the thing is that Kane is not using anyone else's sword. She's using her own sword. Yeah. Whereas the other two have stolen a sword from someone else and thus kind of basically becoming them. Hmm. Like yeah, I hadn't thought about it. Kind of putting on their their uh, expertise as a disguise, if you will. Because if. Kane were to have taken a sword from somebody, it would have had to have been Anthe? I mean, just I like it following in with the pattern of the Black Rose duelists because they seem to take the sword from whoever it is they're having conflicted feelings about. And yeah, all, of her, Anthe, which all of her confession is about Anthe. What if it's Akio's sword? Well... We haven't seen Akio duel, and I don't know that we do. I don't. I feel like I can speak pretty authoritatively and say that we don't see Akio duel. But if we do, and I am wrong about that, then if I'm wrong about that, don't tweet at us because I don't want to risk Josh seeing that because I don't want any spoilers. But if we do see Akio duel in the traditional sense, if we see Akio get in the dueling arena and duel Utena or somebody else, somebody email me at imagineandutena at gmail.com and let me know so that I can know that I was wrong. But don't do that in a public forum because then Josh might see what you have to say about Akio. It's true. And there are things about all the characters in this show that will be revealed over the next more than half of the show that we have to get through. <laughs> but I guess that's it, unless you have any other thoughts. No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtenaCast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. If you want to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at imagineandutena.tumblr.com. If you want to email us, I said earlier, but I'll say it again, imagineandutena at gmail.com. Uh, Josh, what is your Twitter handle? I am at Lyrewolf, L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. Go tweet it, Josh. Tell her that you're enjoying the show or tell us that you're enjoying the show at UtenaCast like at least one other person has done so far to date because we appreciate that shit. <laughs> All right. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later.